listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. Last week, we talked all about the topic of EAP with our guest, Leet, and looking at the feedback and listener numbers, it was a really popular episode. So make sure to go back and give it a listen if you haven't done so yet. But let's keep things going. And of course, this week, it promises to be another great episode as we look at the topic of tech for teachers. We have some really great tools and software to help you take your teaching to the next level. And our tech expert, Richard, will join us to share his pearls of wisdom on tech for teaching. Yes, he will. And for our listeners over on Patreon, our new teaching webinar series will begin at the end of May, where our special guests, Kate and Ian from English Anywhere, will deliver a session on how to create your own online teaching business. So if you haven't joined yet and want to improve your teaching practice, learn more about the different areas of English teaching, get expert support and one-to-one guidance from me and Faye, and get exclusive merchandise too, head over to patreon.com forward slash ESL talk. New patrons can attend their first webinar for free. So find out more about the webinar on our website, esltalk.com. Don't forget that hyphen or dash in the middle, esl-talk.com. You can also find out about this on our Instagram at esltalkpodcast. Yes, very exciting stuff, Daniel. So let's start talking about tech and how we use it and how we can leverage it as teachers to deliver amazing content and great lessons. Yes, let's get into it, Faye. So can you talk me through how you deliver your classes and content online? And what do you use beyond maybe the traditional apps and software, like maybe you know Google Docs mm-hmm. and uh, Zoom, things like that? Well, I have the three types of uh, lessons that I do. Um, so first, I guess I'll, I'll talk about briefly about my one-to-one lessons. Um, so for that, I just, well, for all my, my live lessons, I use Zoom, but um, for my one-to-one lessons I do zoom and I use a lot of the Google tools like Google Docs and Google Sheets and Google Slides so what I do is I always plan my lessons out on Google Docs as a checklist which only I have access to and then I use that as a way for me to keep track of what I'm doing and then I send the link to my my student for us to meet on zoom and I use a lot of Google Docs as well with for writing corrections so that we can look at the writing together share the documents and stuff like that And I do use my iPad sometimes for like PDF annotation um, when I'm going over something on a PDF. Then when it comes to my conversation classes, I guess you and I uh, use Thinkific now. Yes, we do. For for like courses and signing students up because they can pay through there. And my conversation classes have materials that students have to go over before the class. So I just host it up on the course website on Thinkific. Um, so the PDF that students have to go over mm-hmm. and then the lesson is actually done over Zoom. Yep. Um, and then apart from that, I do have a full course that I've created that I've mentioned before here. And that is all hosted on Thinkific. So it's pre-recorded videos that I edited and all that with accompanying PDFs and discussion boards for each lesson as well. Mm-hmm. But that is all done through, again, Thinkific as my main platform. How about you? How is that different from what you do? 
Yeah, it's quite similar. Um, every student has a Google Doc, has a homework doc, which is anchored on Thinkific at the top. So they can always have that as kind of their go-to. Um, they also have a learning plan. So I develop a learning plan for every student and their learning plans are also um, on Thinkific as well. So essentially when a student signs up or we start learning together, they'll have a link a, a kind of a, that they, they bookmark and everything's there. One click, they can access their schedule. They can get the Zoom link. They can have a look at their plan. Uh, their homework, it's all there. And then like you do on a lesson by lesson basis, once we have our lesson, I'll put all the material and content onto Thinkific so they can review it all there. Um, so that's what I use um, for my lessons. Um, again, we deliver them through Zoom, um, which is the best option. I know obviously you have to pay for it now, but if you're a professional teacher and you really you know, want to, to deliver as you have been in an effective way, then it's definitely worth the investment. Um, so that's kind of my approach. Google Docs combined with Thinkific as an LMS with Zoom for delivery. Now, now that you mentioned um, LMS, what do you use for your students and what solutions would you suggest for other teachers trying to deliver their content? Yeah, as I just kind of talk, touched on, I think it's a good solution if you're a professional teacher with lots of students. If you just have a few students, Perhaps Thinkific is not a great option because it is mm -hmm. obviously you do need to pay for it. I know there's some free features and you can get started for free. Um, but I think, you know, if you have less than 10 students, then it's probably manageable to just kind mm -hmm. of do it um, on an individual basis. But if you're going to do that, Google Drive is great. Have a Google Drive, share a link, um, a folder with a student and put everything in there. That also works because the more organized you are the easier it's going to be to, to help your students and for them to help themselves um, just by having everything in one place. And then additionally as well, with the lessons that you deliver, always make sure you have a plan so the student knows what the lesson is, what the homework is, and what the next class is. That's great. Yeah, um, I agree. If, if, it is, if you only have one-to-one -one students and not that many, and you're just starting out, I think if it might be a bit of an investment, especially, I mean, it is an annual fee that you pay. Uh, but you've got to kind of have, I'd say, a minimum number of students to make it worth your, your while. But for the, especially for those of you that are, those of you listening that are doing group classes, I find that it really helps to have it all in one place and just one platform like that that would let you sign all the students up and they just have everybody know where to go for the materials and everything. We've talked about this many times before. Um, try to, I try to keep things simple. Let's not try to reinvent the wheel or learn a completely new software because it's just going to make you more overwhelmed. So what I do is actually just use Google Slides to prepare my content for the lesson. So if I'm doing like a, a grammar review or if I'm doing, a, in my conversation classes, we always spend some time going over some of the language in the video we, we watched for that week. So I just use Google Slides, simple. Yep. Always have the same template. So you create that once and then you just kind of reuse it all the time. Yes. I know some people like to use Canva. If you're not familiar with any tool at all, I think that mm. Canva is a good way to start. Use what you know. We've talked about this before as well. During the lesson, that's really all you need. What I use though to to help my students just get that, so my online students get that sense of a community and group classes. Just I use Telegram yes. as like a chat tool for every class I have, I have a group. And yep. then it's a good way for me to remind students of things that they have to do. Mm -hmm. Students can share content related to the lesson, you know, share the, the Zoom link if you want to, or share even during the lesson, I'll, I'll share the PDF for that lesson. Great idea. And sometimes they'll even, they'll even remind you of stuff, Faye, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it can be a, a great, great way for you to just keep in touch with the students um, without losing that privacy. Like, or, you know, you don't have to give them your private number, phone number. You just give them your telegram name and mm -hmm. you can even set hours that you're going to be available for. But I just I think it's a great way to just to create that, that connection that we mentioned on our first episode yes. this season. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, now, what are the tools that you have come across that you now use in your classes regularly? Yes. Daniel? So there are two tools that we mentioned. Um, for a lot of delivery, I use PowerPoint, like you've said, um, just for some, some courses that I have where that's more appropriate. But I also um, came across um, a tool called Genially. Uh, which is something that Crystal um, first brought to us uh, when we interviewed her and worked with her. So Genially is really great because it's very interactive. So when we're doing things like gap fills, matching, um, readings, it's a really nice tool for presenting information. It's on a web-based um, page. 
So there's no downloading, there's no kind of worry that it's going to be there or not. You save it, it's there, you can present it, you can edit it. So I really like this as a, as a presentation tool. And then I also use something called Menti or Mentimeter. Um, this is great for polls, for getting answers from students, if it's a group, for getting, um, you know, a big um, collection of information um, for, for, for that. So I really like Mentimeter for groups um, and Genially for um, design and delivery. I think those are two really useful tools um, mm -hmm. on top of the ones that we've already mentioned. But uh, mentioned, mm -hmm. but do you think that students really need all these, all this tech and all these tools? Or do you think it depends on the student and, and their kind of their needs? Um, you know, you can definitely get by without it. But I do find that there's some some tech teaching that we might have to do uh, to make everyone's lives easier when you start teaching students. Um, certain students, like I've had students in my group classes that weren't that familiar with tech, um, like older students, maybe. And it can be tough for them even to cope with like Zoom, right? or like, oh, where's the link for the lesson? I can't find it. Or where are our materials? And so I would just say, um, you might you might need to think about the, the things that you take for granted as like everybody knows that's not my, that might not be the case mm -hmm. and I've had to adapt a lot of that in my teaching and make things very very like specifically stated when right. it's a new student all the step-by-step -step guidance on how to download a uh, telegram how to log into zoom how you know mm. the first few min minutes of a, a new class I always talk about all the main functionalities of zoom that we're going to be using right and so don't just assume your students will know um, the most basic things because they might not. Yes, that's that was, I was about to say. That's something you would expect students to know, but depending on where they are and and maybe you know their background, it it might not be. And things you think, oh, this is really easy. Well, it might not be to your students. So that's definitely something to consider when you're using these tools for sure. Yeah, and other things like even like talking about hardware. Sometimes I've had students uh, doing like like more advanced classes or classes with a lot of PDF materials, but they don't have a computer. Mm -hmm. So they only do their lesson on their phone. Right. And then when you're using zoom on your phone, it's really hard to keep switching between screens. Um, you can't simply drop a PDF on there. You know, they have to open the PDF maybe through their email and then they can't look at you at the, at the same time as they're looking at a material. Mm -hmm. So it might be interesting to maybe tell your students before class starts, what is ideal for them to have in terms of software and hardware or yep. to even ask your students before you plan all your lessons what they have access to do you think that teachers need to invest in expensive cameras or devices like we talked a little bit about hardware that the students need i think if you're really serious and this is something you want to do as a professional business and you're, you're putting yourself out there like you are and, and like i am to some extent Faye, i think it's important for your presentation to be to be as good as it can be um, now the microphone I have, you know, it costs $150, which sounds like a lot and it, it is, but you know, if you want to have good quality, you don't want to have sound issues and you want to be able to come across, you know, in the best way possible. Then I think that's a worthwhile investment. Same with a camera. Um, I bought a, a camera, a Logitech C922. It was very expensive during COVID, uh, much cheaper now, but again, it's great. It does what I need to do. And these have paid for themselves because that means now I can attract more students. I can deliver better content. I can have more effective outcomes and, and help students reach their goals um, in a better way. So I would say it's definitely um, something to think about. But if you're just starting out, you just have a few students, then by all means, keep it simple. You know, um, like Richard will touch, touch on a little bit later, use what you have. So if you have a fairly decent camera that maybe, you know, you can pick one up for $40, $50, um, along with maybe your iPhone headphones. If you have Air AirPods, great. That can do the job as well to begin. Yeah. Um, definitely invest, but only invest as and when you need to. Don't do it all right away. Okay. I would say so, yeah. Um, what are some features or tools, maybe thinking about Zoom or thinking about um, Thinkific or even thinking about um, PowerPoint? What are some tools or features that all teachers should utilize in their ESL classes? For me, I would say always the screen sharing is amazing. Recording lessons is great on Zoom. There's even now a dictation um, option on Zoom, which one of my students actually told me about where she was doing live, um, live, uh, I guess, captions so she could better understand um, 
the, the lesson because their level wasn't oh. very high. So it actually helped her, even though the, the transcription was in English, it was very helpful for her. So hmm. that's another tool that I would say to utilize. But what about for you, Faye? Yeah, I think that like the basic toolkit, I think I, I do, I do think you need to have a Zoom account, preferably the paid one without the time limitations on it. It took me a while to get one of those because it is kind of pricey and I kind of mm -hmm. waited for like a, a nice deal, right. um, which they do from time to time. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I think you need to have like a good word editor, preferably online. So like mm -hmm. know your way around a Google Doc that you can uh, share with students, learn how to make comments, how to make suggestions on Google Docs uh, to share with your students and a good uh, presentation software. Yes. Um, like either Google Slides, Canva, or PowerPoint. Yep. Um, and just something to organize everything you're doing. So another thing I really like using is Trello. Yes. Um, sort of like for mind mapping and for, especially if you're creating content or, or planning out a course that you want to record, um, you can have all those elements there and you can even divide it into columns as uh, ideas in progress, you mm -hmm. know, for editing and then done or something like that. Just, just sort of organizing um, your, just all of your content, your ideas and all of, all of the things that you have covered with your students. That's also something I sometimes use Google Sheets for, mm -hmm. just like an Excel document. Yeah, and when it comes to feedback as well, if you're ever wanting feedback on you know, your classes or you want students to share, um, Google Forms can be great for that as well, where you can True. just set very simple and easy um, questionnaires or surveys, which can you can get responses on fairly instantly. I actually use Google Forms as a for for an entry questionnaire for my new yes. students. Yes, that's a great uh, just idea. So that they can, rather than spending all that time in the first class getting to know each other, I always mm -hmm. send a, a questionnaire through Google Forms first, and then we can you know delve a bit deeper into uh, the questions during class. Yeah. So this was a very promising start to our episode, but I think we've barely scratched the surface here. Yeah. Let's now bring Richard in to take this topic to the next level. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Richard, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you with us today on ESL Talk. Thank you so much. We're so excited to hear all about your tech tips for teachers, which we could all use right now, and yes. to learn about some software and technology that we can use to take our teaching to the next level. I, I hope I can answer all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should be able to, at least one oh, or two of them. Perfect. So Richard, um, before we dive into tech, could you share with us a little about your teaching journey and what led you to what you do today? Wow. Okay. How long do we have? <laughs> um, 
Well, basically, when I left uh, when I left school, I went and I did a Bachelor of Arts degree. And I left that after three, after four years because I spent a year in Spain and I didn't know what to do. So I decided to go into, I liked computers. I like to help people with computers. So I went in and I did a teacher training in um, computers and typing, actually, if people remember what a typewriter is. So I am actually a qualified typewriter teacher as well, Amazing. if anybody's looking for that. Um, and I, I started my career then in teaching and I, I, I taught in um, a senior college in Ireland, which would be like a community college. Mm-hmm. And in 1997, I set up, I believe it was probably the first um, internet design course in Ireland. Oh. And this is, I mean, when, when the internet was so difficult to, you had to program in HTML and something called Dreamweaver you could use if yeah, you had a lot yeah. of uh, resources. <laughs> yeah. And I did that for a number of years. I was the director of that course. Um, in 2001, I wrote a book about the internet. It was called The Internet Demystified. Um, but the thing is, by the time it got published, because uh, it was a, like a real paperback, it was nearly out of date because things were moving so quickly. Now, from there, I went to a university and I was um, working in a university that was training teacher uh, training people to become primary teachers, primary school teachers. Mm-hmm. And I was the IT manager and I used to teach IT there to the, the would-be teachers that were going out into the system. And there I was showing them a little bit of the technologies of what you could use in the classroom. Um, I've always been, I mean, my whole career has been either a teacher, a trainer, or a coach. And I started to move into coaching. Um, I went out, went out my own for about two years and then the recession hit. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, the recession is here. What do I do? So I I went back and I then started to pivot into human resources. Mm -hmm. And I was working on government schemes to help people um, get back into the job market, long-term unemployed. And from there, uh, in 2011, I applied for a job in one of, it's probably the first or second leading um, recruitment company in the world. And I became their internal trainer for their recruitment consultants. And I did that until March of last year when I decided it's time to jump and go at my own and see what happens. And here I am today. What a journey. Yeah, yes, it was, it was quite a journey. Actually. <laughs> but I mean, it seems like you've kind of kept up with all these changes. Like you said, things change so quickly in the yeah. tech world and um, you've managed to keep up with it and, and keep adapting all these tools. Mm. Now, why would you say using tech and the right tools is crucial for effective teaching? I mean, if we're looking at um, online teaching, the first thing is using the right tech means that you don't have to be going from one school to another school or from one person's house to another house or to a company uh, to another company. Because when I sat down and started to work out some numbers, numbers, I'd always been doing a sideline because when I arrived in Spain, people were like, oh my God, you're a native English speaker. Teach, teach me English. Uh-huh. So I started to, to dabble into that. And I was spending a lot of times in the evenings meeting somebody in a bar, going to the center of Barcelona or taking a bus somewhere. And I was like, this is time consuming. So I, uh-huh. I put it to a few of my students, let's do these classes online. And we started with Skype. And that was revolutionary. I mean, that was probably about five years ago and I I haven't done face-to-face classes since then. Uh, I mean, in-person classes. And it just, it changed everything because there was no exhaustion of running around from one place to another. It saved a lot of money because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was working it out that by the time I actually factored in the journey, you are barely making any money when you actually took all those factors in place. And the other great thing was that I could do one class finish it at five minutes to the hour and then start the next class. Right. And it meant that, I mean, instead of only being able to do three students in a day, you could potentially do five. And of course you could wear your pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> and I could be wearing mine now, but you don't know. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, so, I, I mean, from that aspect, the technology has been uh, really amazing, but the technology has changed so much. I mean, we now have so many different platforms that are actually geared for online teachers. And we have so many communication methods from Skype to FaceTime to Zoom to lots of other systems out there. Mm-hmm. And the technology, I mean, is essential. If you want to have, which I think a lot of people want, is this 
this freedom element of I can teach from anywhere. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. I can I can teach somebody in Brazil yeah. if I just calculate the time zones correctly. I mean, the, the, there's absolutely no reason why I can't do that. And if I go off to New York, I can still teach that person in Brazil because I don't have to physically be with them. So they don't know where I am. They don't care where I am as long as I yeah. turn up. So I think the technology gives us a little bit of freedom as well. Mm-hmm. And now, like you mentioned, all these different tools. Mm. Uh, but now as teachers, how do we decide which one will be the most effective for our learners? I mean, the technology is just a way of transmitting our message to the to the students. So it might necessarily be effective in the sense that, I mean, you still will have to do all your preparation. But what it can help is, I mean, PowerPoint or Google Slides you could use to um, you know, make simple quizzes, or you could use an interactive tool um, to make you know a, a fill in the blanks or a matching game or something like that. So I mean, it engages more, and I think that's what the important thing is that now and online we have to make sure we're engaging people yes. and we have to give them some sort of tools to use. Yeah, I think as well with with that question, Faye, it's you need to know your student as well and know what works for them. I, yeah, and that's really important because I, I mean. You know, there might be some games that you hear teachers saying, you know, two truths and a lie. Yeah, I, I felt that was good with maybe a more teenage or maybe a more just general English. But if you were doing business English, I mean, you have to adapt. So I think yeah. I remember somebody that I worked for. She, she used to always say the student should be your textbook in that you see what the student wants. And, and that's something that's very important that I always make sure that I have initial an initial call with any of my potential students, because I always say to them, we mightn't be a match. I yeah. mightn't like you, yeah. you mightn't like me. And I don't want to be forcing it that, oh, I have a class now with Fosse or I have a class now with Maria. And oh, I mean, I mean, that's not why I left my corporate job to not enjoy what I'm doing. So I always yeah. make sure that I, I have the tools as well that I can use that that will help the learning. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I like, or one of the suggestions that I always say is for a value add, I say to my students, I, with your permission, record all the classes so that you can go back. Now, a lot of them may never listen to the recordings that I give them, but it is a value add there in case they say, oh, yeah, what was that phrase that Richard said? So those those are the basic sort of things that I think can help the learning. You know, a recording, um, some sort of games, if it's appropriate, some sort of online tool that you can use. And there's lots of free things that you can use. And I always say to them, another thing that's good is for you, the student, to listen back to yourself. Yeah. which can be a really tough thing because a lot mm-hmm. of people don't like the sound of their own voice, yeah. but at least they can listen back and they could say, Oh yeah. So Richard said, you know, it's not receive, it's receive. Okay. Receive, receive, receive. And then they can listen back, which is, mm-hmm. which is really important. Exactly. So thinking about the teachers, you know, obviously our listeners, we have a lot of teachers who teach just one-to-one, some teach mm-hmm. groups, some teach both. What approach should they take in terms of the tools that they use for one-to-one classes and and group classes? One of the ways that I started teaching online was I was using um, a platform called ClassGap. And it's a a huge platform. I think they've been recently taken over by by an even bigger uh, firm. And that was very good because it had the video conferencing, it had chat, it had a shared Google document. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, it had nearly everything. It had a booking system. It had a payment system. It basically had everything that you needed. And I use that to build up my reviews from students. And this, I think, is a super, super essential tip for any teachers out there is after a couple of classes, ask for a review, because that is where people are going to judge you on. And I mean, if you're using a platform like ClassGap, they actually allow the student to leave a review there. Um, I would also recommend, and, and, and we'll go back to the original question is, you know, maybe have a Google listing as well, uh, like, a, like a Google business listing, because there people can leave you reviews as well. Because if you just say, send me an email with the review, I mean, somebody might say, oh, well, maybe he just wrote that himself. I mean, with the Google listing, maybe there's a little bit more authenticity on it, but start building up your reviews. Um, if you want to, I mean, if you don't want to invest in the in Zooms and things like that, you can certainly use one of these platforms. And there's tons of platforms out there. That's just the one I focused on. And I eventually, I don't know how many reviews I got. I got 
hundreds of reviews, I think, from different students. Now, I moved away from that platform because, I mean, the problem with all these platforms is that uh, the challenge of these platforms is they're free, but they do take commissions and they can take some hefty commissions. Yes. And then the problem with being on a platform like that is you're competing and this is the mindset of, of, of a general English teacher, but you're competing with everybody else and you're competing with um, John who is charging six euros an hour. Right. And you say, how can I compete with that? So it's very hard to up the actual rate on those platforms because of that, because yeah. you're competing against people who may be charging very little. And then you say, well, I have to charge very little. And then you get into a spiral of you're working for six or seven euros or dollars an hour Mm -hmm. um if you're not going to use a platform like that obviously something like zoom can be very good now i know what recent changes with zoom they no longer give you um the 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 unlimited one-on-one uh classes but i mean it is a worthy investment if you want your business to 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 look professional i i had some discussions with some other teachers about this that I'm not sure if it's great to be using the free version of Zoom and say to a client, oh, we have to actually disconnect a and a message yeah. will come up saying you have 10 minutes left. I mean, if I'm, if I'm paying 30, 40, $50 an hour and you are using the free version of Zoom and it's evident, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be that happy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like going to a mechanic and he says, listen, I don't actually have all my tools because I lent them to my mate and now I have to go down and get the tools and I'll be back yeah. to you. Going, well, you haven't invested in your business. Exactly. And, and I, I know we'll go into a little bit more um, about that. And then other sort of software and tools to engage. I mean, one thing that is essential is that you keep a record of what you did in the lesson and what you're going to yeah. do in the next lesson. Because, I mean, the worst thing to say is, okay, and now we're going to look at these phrasal verbs. And then halfway through the class, they say, but we did those in the last yeah. class. And then you have to go, oh, yes, I know, but I'm trying to just uh, go over them again type of thing. And it's a <laughs> right. little bit embarrassing. And it's all been there. Me. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. So, yeah. I mean, keeping a record of, of your students, keeping a record of any interviews that you do with your students, using a Google Docs is perfect for that. That's exactly then, what I do, yeah. Yeah. And then just having a Google, uh, a Google Doc where you can put in the corrections, et cetera, and yeah. share that with them. And then the likes of Google Slides, that's great as well that you can yeah. actually use. Um, so, I mean, you should invest in your business in some aspects, but in other aspects, you you can use free tools that people are used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. It kind of validates what I do. <laughs> it's just, that's been, I, I totally agree. Like you invest in something that the student is going to use, like Zoom, that they're going to see mm. the value in and Mm. right and and it, it's worth to pay the price and they often give mm. you discounts i found yeah. uh, when i started using it they would send me coupons and things right until i finally signed up um <laughs> but uh, the, the the all the free google stuff is great for the all the management as well of, of the business i agree i i mean google meet you could use as yep. well yeah. and that's and that's free and people will be used to that but it uh, you know the challenge that I have is that if it was something like that free Zoom, you say, oh, let's take a five-minute break and then we'll reconnect. I mean, if I'm charging big bucks, I mean, what, Zoom is $200. I mean, after a couple of classes, somewhere you should be able to get that $200 and it's worth it. It'll, I mean, I at the beginning of the pandemic, I think I invested in Zoom and I made my money back in a couple of yeah. a couple of months, yeah. or weeks yeah. even yeah. on that. So it's, I think that's important. Um, now, nowadays, a lot of teachers want to uh, do more like video production, content uh, creation, graphics, and all that for social media as a marketing tool. Um, do you have any advice on where to start or how to best achieve um, this professional look? I know nothing about videos because I never produce videos. No, <laughs> I, I love videos. <laughs> I love I love producing videos. Um, I, I yeah, some advice. I mean, I think the first thing is here is where you need to do a little bit of investment. Um, The first thing I would do is I would think about investing in a slightly better camera than using the actual webcam that's on your laptop or that you might've got with a computer from many years ago. Um, But I think one of the most essential parts is the sound. I mean, you want to also, you could get even just that the headset from your smartphone will give you better sound than just speaking through the actual yeah. microphone of the computer. Um, 
and and this became evident because uh, I was I, I'm I'm doing a, a film course at the moment, but the person said, if you ever think about what is the most important thing in a video, it's it's really the sound is the most important, because if you're watching Netflix, they will degrade the picture and they'll get pixelated, but the sound they will never degrade. Yeah. So you will always hear the sound perfectly. So I think especially with teaching or with videos, if you want to put yourself forward, um, you don't necessarily have to be on camera because you could do it like a PowerPoint video, but you want to have good sound. Mm -hmm. So this is where we start to invest. And I'm, I'm a devil, as we would say in Ireland, for investing in things. I mean, I don't want to know, and luckily my wife's not here, but the amount of web cameras that I have. I mean, I have too many of them. I have too many of them because yeah. I say, oh, well, I want to try this one. I want to try that one. But I mean, you could get a cheap but good webcam for under under a hundred dollars, a hundred euros. Amazon warehouse, the best place to look because somebody returns a webcam, they can't sell it as new. And sometimes they knock 20, 30 euros or dollars out of it. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is you want to have good lighting as well. Because I mean, I, I have my, my living room light on, I have a little uh, light on my laptop. Um, it should, it, it should look okay. I mean, you don't want to look overly bright, but you don't want to be dark as well. Um, the third thing I would say would be always think about where you're having your class because people will notice distractions. People will notice, oh, look at that. I mean, he has a picture up there. I wonder what that is. Uh, you know, what is that over there? Or you might see that somebody has thrown a pair of sneakers on the floor and you say, oh, they must have come in from a walk. And those type of things are going to distract. So even looking and turning the computer one way or another can make a huge difference. And it's little things that we don't notice. But again, if it's a businessman or a businesswoman and you're in a really untidy room, it mightn't give a great impression either. I mean, a, a blank wall is fine or a Zoom background, one of these virtual backgrounds is absolutely fine as well. But here, I mean, that's the hardware element. Um, the software element, I think probably one of the best investments that you can do is Canva. I think Canva is probably one of the, one of the best things you can invest in because they have lots of templates. I mean, I'm so much for working smarter rather than working harder. And if I see a template on Canva, I mean, the chances are that all of my teacher colleagues will have seen or used that template, but maybe my students will have never seen that template. So with a little bit of tweaking, maybe change the color from yellow to green, put a picture of myself on it. I mean, you can have some really nice graphics um, that you can then use to engage your audience. And, and, that's, and that's a key word, to engage the audience. You want to make sure anything you do, whether it's a video, whether it's a social media graphic, whether it's a LinkedIn photo, that there is something in engagement that you say, hey, what do you think of this? Uh, what are your thoughts? Did this ever happen to you? Because we're too used to either scrolling down, scrolling up, scrolling across, that we don't really engage unless somebody actually tells us, hey, what do you think of this? Otherwise, we just go, oh, nice picture, and that's it. So, I mean, that's another thing that's important. But you, you don't need, I mean, you don't need a VA when you're starting off a virtual assistant. You can do a lot of the graphics yourself. But another key thing, which is neither software or hardware, is setting out a schedule and trying to stick to that. I mean, I have a, I have a schedule here. Uh, it's, it's actually quite blurred, but it's color-coded. So I know, for example, I mean, I've scheduled at 9 o'clock on a Monday, I'll go to the gym, and then at 10 o'clock, I'll plan my lessons. And I try and block out that time just to do that. Because, I mean, there's 101 different things that we need to do. And if I don't say Mondays are for doing a podcast, I won't get it done and I'll forget. So mm -hmm. that's also important to have some sort of plan and be consistent yeah. with your plan. Yeah, that's good because it really ties into what I wanted to ask you because um, that's all part of our own uh, like management side of things, right? Not necessarily our delivery of our lessons. So you give great tips mm -hmm. on practical mm -hmm. ways we can improve our class and our content mm -hmm. and all that. Now, in terms of um, the business side of things, Apart from being organized, maybe using Google Docs, are there any other tools you'd recommend teachers look into? Um, I mean, depending what level you're at, um, I would certainly look at getting a subscription to a teacher's website that gives you lesson plans. Mm -hmm. I mean, I use one that has saved my life so many times and trade secrets that hopefully none of my students hear this, but it's <laughs> Lingua House. 
yes, which uh-huh. is absolutely fabulous because I mean, you can go in and you can search business grammar, you can search by keyword. Um, it gives you all the answers. So, I mean, you can just download that and use it as the lesson or just take parts of it and use yeah. some of the questions from it, etc. So investing in something like that, which I don't know whether it's a hundred dollars or $150 is well worth it because yeah. they have really professional templates and they update, um, I don't know, every couple of days they update. Um, I had used another one, which was called Handouts Online, and that was very good as well until they stopped updating. And I think they stopped updating maybe at the beginning of COVID. I mean, there's still a lot of good material on it, and I think it's only about 40 bucks. But again, those type of things can save you time because you don't need to reinvent the wheel. I mean, you sometimes people might ask, you know, how long do you spend preparing a lesson? And some people say, oh, two hours for every hour. You know, at, at this stage, I might spend 20 minutes or less preparing a lesson because I know what my students need. I, I have planned out maybe a, a, a 10 a ten session um, strategy with them so I can just plug things in. But you, these tools will really help you. There's another one, which is they've rebranded, but it was esllibrary.com. And they do a range of topics. I use a lot of that content with um, a friend's daughter that I actually give English lessons to because they have lots of lots of things for, for kids. But as well, they have a lot of things for adults as well. So mm-hmm. investing in one of those, uh, allocate $300 a year for, for those um, lesson plan sites. But you will save yourself time and heartache with those because you can easily have lessons. Or somebody says, I want something on phrasal verbs. And then you have a lesson on business phrasal verbs, et cetera. So those type of tools from a lesson planning end are very good. Mm -hmm. Other things I would recommend that I use with my students, for example, is Evernote. Um, And Evernote is like this, it's like notes on steroids, notes that you get with um, um, Apple uh, iPhones. Um, it just allows you to do so much. So the way I organize my lessons is I create an Evernote document for each of my students. Um, I have different headings, error correction, pronunciation, homework. I load up the PDF into the Evernote. I load up the video recording after the class. And then I can always go back to my lessons. And I know exactly what I did with them. If you think about it, like when you buy a grammar book or a reference mm. book, it's worth almost a hundred dollars. Mm. And it's just you, for you to build a library that you would be able to find on one of those websites, it would take you hundreds of dollars. So it's actually yeah. not that much of an investment. And it should be a business expense depending on, yeah. on how you're set up. Absolutely. That's a great point. Great point. And I, I really like what you said there because I think for me, the first two or three years of, of teaching online, prep, 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 that took mm. up so much time. I, I mean, I remember when I did my CELTA, I did my CELTA about three years ago because I just, I wanted to have that because as well, just for a bit of confidence as I was self-qualified. And we had one colleague and she would spend literally hours preparing a 30 minute lesson. And everybody used to say to her, I mean, your lessons are great, but it's impractical. There's no way that you could in the real world yeah. do that. I mean, we have to be practical. I mean, sometimes, and I'm sure all our listeners have had had this um, feeling. Sometimes you do a lesson that you think is mediocre and the client says, oh my God, that just, that that hit yeah. the buttons of what I wanted perfectly. And then you go, okay. So, I mean, don't beat yourself up over it as well mm-hmm. and have to be perfect. I mean, go in with energy, go in with, go in with a bit of extra material just in case. Yes. I mean, that's one of the great things about online teaching that if you run out of material or you need to switch, you can just be there and you can have your folders and I'll, I'll take this out. Actually, this is the next thing that I do. And I mean, the other thing that you can do, another little trade secret is sometimes if somebody asks a question you're not sure of, you can always say to them, just give me one second. I'm just going to check that. And you tell them, I'm just going to Google that just to make sure I have a correct. Yeah, and you yeah. can give instant feedback because I always say to my students, while I know a lot about the English language, not and if I don't know story. something, I'm going to tell you. I mean, I'm not going to tell you why you have to use the present perfect continuous in that particular sentence when it's a subjunctive clause, whatever subjunctive clauses. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do that. And I think yeah. this is one problem that a lot of teachers face is what if, I, what if I'm asked a question I don't know? Right. I mean, I have found here in Spain, I mean, I, I often say to my students, you know the grammar better than a native English speaker does. If you mm-hmm. stop somebody in the middle of the street and say, what is the present perfect and when do you right. use it? I don't know. And we don't need to know. I mean, in order to drive your car, you don't need to know how it works. 
So yeah. in order to use English, I mean, yes, the grammar is important, but a lot of the times the students already have a really good basis on the grammar yeah. and they just need that conversation. They need that fine tuning of it. That's what I found in my experience. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right? Yeah. So a lot of great tips here, Richard. And obviously, you know, I wish we had more and more time, but for our listeners who are thinking, okay, I want to teach online. I want to start implementing tech and, and getting to the next level. What's the number mm-hmm. one tip or advice to share with teachers that they can implement today to improve their presence, the quality of instruction? What's one thing? They probably don't need half the technology that they think they need. Mm-hmm. I mean, keep it simple. Invest in a good webcam. And when I say a good webcam, I mean, there's webcams that are five, six years old that are still really good. Okay, like uh, Logitech cameras, I think it's the, the C920 is a very good webcam. Um, you don't need to have lots and lots of webcams like me. I'm just a freak when it comes to technology. Uh, now I am, I swear I am. Um, I, I think make sure that at a minimum, get a decent pair of headphones, even start with your smartphone headphones. I mean, start small and reinvest in your business. I mean, that's that. I think that's the key to it. So, you know, mm. I start off with a simple um, headset, now I have a little bit more money. What do I need next? Well, the sound. Yeah, I need to do that. I mean, you don't need the lights. You can use lamps. You can put a lamp behind you and it'll it'll brighten up the scene, et cetera. But um, I mean, prepare a space for your classes. I think that's really important. That has good lighting. Um, that, you know, the sound is, is, is quite good. Um, just small little investments. You don't need to go all out with different technologies. And I mean, I mean, I will talk about technology till the cows come home, um, but start simple. I mean, you probably don't need half the stuff that you hear other people saying that they have. And if they have all of this stuff, it's probably because they've reinvested, they've reinvested, they've reinvested mm-hmm. to make things uh, better. But a couple of hundred bucks and you can get uh, a decent webcam and you could get a decent uh, headset. I don't know if I have my headset because I, yeah, I have one of these headsets that goes around your ears. And I mean, it's good for classes. Not great if I want to record videos, but I mean, for classes, it's fine. And one of the things that's really good with a headset like this is that it only has one ear pad. Because if you have a double headphone, sometimes what can happen is you can start shouting because you can't hear yourself. And then if you're working at home and your partner might say, why are you shouting? You say, sorry, can't hear you. I've got the headset on. So one of these with with one of those type of things is very, very useful. Um, And I think just keep it simple. The simpler you keep things, the better it is. Yeah, lots of great tips today. Now, how can our listeners find uh, more of your advice, tips, and more content of yours online? I, another thing I collect is websites. And the latest website (laughs) that I set up is one that is called um, techforteaching.online. Mm-hmm. Um, and there I'm starting to build up uh, like a, a, dep- a repository of um, videos of little tips that I have discovered over the years that I find helpful. And also there I will review different software that you can use, tips on videos I have, uh, different things that I actually have. And I've actually created uh, just a page as well on the website, which is um, techforteaching.online forward slash podcast which will give links to a lot of the things that I've actually talked about and um, other little uh, tidbits there. So that, that, uh, that will be in the description on the podcast. Um, have a look there. You know, as I say, it's, it's from a teacher to teachers. So I think that's important as well, because it's not just, Oh, it's somebody just with technology. I mean, this is the technology that I've used and that I find useful and uh, could help could help the listeners. Thank you, Richard. Well, that's great. That's and we'll, great, yeah. we'll drop everything in the uh, description for this episode. So please do check it out. It's incredible. I learned so much from it and I'm sure you guys can too. So Richard, um, thank you so much for your time. It was great to have you. And uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Richard, thank you so much for taking your time to share your expert knowledge on Tech for Teachers. Um, definitely do check out Richard's amazing content online. Uh, the links will be in the description for this episode. And as always, please get in touch with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast or send us an email to esltalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our, web, our website to access all of our previous episodes from every season for free. And to find out more about our teacher webinar series, and our Patreon benefits. Remember, they start from just $3 a month. So go to esl-talk.com for that. Yep. And just finally, you can join us individually on Instagram. Yes, you can find me at learning with Faye. Faye is F-E-Y. Well, I'm Daniel Teacher. 
that wraps up another episode. Don't forget to join us for our webinars on Patreon and we'll see you next week. See you then. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.